this episode could save your life. Today, we're talking about personal safety and paying attention to the gift of fear. Throughout this podcast, I have talked over and over again about the importance of overcoming fear, how we want to overcome the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear of loneliness. But today I want to talk about true fear, the kind of fear that will save your life when you are in a dangerous situation. I want to talk about this because within the context of dating, we have a tendency to want to be nice, we want to be charmed, and we put ourselves in a vulnerable situation when we are meeting with strangers and we are putting ourselves into these places where it's possible that somebody could take advantage of you and you could be victimized. So I always, like, the the full intention behind this podcast is to keep women safe. I want to help women stay safe, especially in their romantic relationships. This is so important to me because I was abused as a child. I watched my mother live for years in a very toxic and abusive relationship. My husband, um, his sister was killed by her partner. And so domestic violence is very, very, a really important topic for me. And I talk about it, I try to talk about it a lot of times without talking about it. And I want to help women avoid getting into marriages that are going to be dangerous for them. Because the reality is, every four hours a woman dies at the hands of her partner or spouse. And it is a dangerous world. I do not ever want to encourage you to use the life code or any tool to try to talk yourself out of the reality of our lives today. It's a dangerous world. And we can use tools like the life code that I've taught you about changing your thoughts, choosing your thoughts accordingly. But Never for the purpose of denying the reality of your situation, especially when it comes to your personal safety. So this is a really important episode. I want to talk about the work that Gavin DeBeck has done in his masterclass, The Gift of Fear. So I want you, when you finish listening to this episode, I want you to head over to www giftoffear.com because Gavin DeBeck has put out this free masterclass. It is about six or seven lessons long and it really dives in deep into lots of ways to protect yourself, to be aware, to honor the gift of fear. And I believe that that he is absolutely 100% correct. The gift of fear is a gift from God to help keep you safe. And we use the word fear so loosely and so vaguely. So it's really important that we have a very clear definition and understanding of what true fear is so that we can pay attention to it, that we can respond to it and respond in time to save our own lives. So really important episode. I can't wait to dive into it. We're going to talk through it. I am 
sharing with you today the notes that I have gleaned from just listening to the first of um, like the six other lessons. I highly recommend that you go and listen to all of them because it is and watch it. It's a whole video series. It's really, really well done. It's completely free and it could save yours or someone else's life. So uh, this is being shared. Maybe you've already heard of it. If you have, awesome. If you haven't and if you know somebody else who hasn't heard about Gavin, um, I want to encourage you to listen to this, share it with others, make sure that this information gets to the hands of as many women as possible so that we can help prevent true tragedies from occurring. Okay, before we dive into that, though, I just want to say I am so excited to be back. I have just had the most amazing summer. Next week, I'm going to share all about my summer and we're going to talk a little bit about Lovingson's trip here because as you may know, he has been over in Zimbabwe. I've been in Canada, but he visited me here at my mom's house and we were here together for about three weeks in July. It was really awesome. We had an amazing time, but I will tell you, it came with challenges. For example, my mom and Grampy live in a big tiny house. <laughs> it They wanted to build themselves a tiny house in the woods. It was going to be their cabin. It was their dream home. Um, and then COVID hit while they were in mid-construction. So it kind of expanded a little bit because they realized this is going to be their forever home and not just like a little place to get away. So it's a little bit bigger, but not much. And it's a two-story. So there's an upstairs and a downstairs. They sleep downstairs and me and the girls sleep upstairs. Normally, this is fine. But when my husband was here, small issue, there are no doors in inside the house. I mean, there's a bathroom door. But other than that, there's like no doors. There's no bedroom doors. And I hadn't seen my husband in like two and a half months. So I'm going to share with you some of the awkwardness and some of the the thoughts that I use to help me not stress out throughout the time we were together and to really enjoy the time we had because it was an underlying temptation the whole time to be upset about the circumstances because they weren't ideal. <laughs> they just weren't. So many things I wish we could have done differently. But the reality is the reality. So when I talk about the life code, and this kind of ties into what we're talking about with fear, we want to use the life code not to deny our circumstances, but to get really honest about them, to accept them as they are, and then to choose how we're going to look at them in order to make sure we're moving forward with love. And And personal safety is all about love for yourself, okay? And today we're going to talk about that in detail. Depth. But before we do, I want to say that this is the start of a new season. We're now in season five. Not that the seasons really make a whole lot of sense. I just decided to start a new season as we go. But season four was our summer shorty series where we I did a bunch of shorter episodes. They're about 20 minutes each where we talked through the questions that viewers, listeners like you submitted. So these are real questions that came from the community and I tried to answer them as best I could. And under the theme of like, there were lots of different questions, but at this, 
at the core of it, it kind of kept coming back to the same question of like, how, how do I get someone to like me? And how do I know if he likes me? So it was a really fun series to do. Um, and I think we got a lot of really great insights into that season. So if you haven't listened to them all, I want to encourage you go back. There's episodes 76 to 85 are all the summer shorties and they're so much fun. They're just quick episodes. If you haven't heard them yet, highly recommend you go and check them out. Now, if you have questions that you would like me to answer on the podcast, there's a couple ways you can do it. First of all, there is an opportunity for you to record your question and submit it so I can play it for everybody, which I would absolutely love to do. Right now, the audience is a little bit shy, so I'm looking for brave souls who are willing to come record their question for me so that I can play it for everybody. If you're going to do that, make sure you go to a quiet environment and you try to write out your question first so you can read it and it comes out nice and clear. So we can share it on the podcast and then I get to answer it. That's just a really, really fun way for us all to engage. Because one of the things that I want to do more going forward is collaborations. I love the podcast, but it's me. It's just me talking by myself and trusting that these messages go out into the world and help all of you. But I want to do more face-to-face stuff. I want to collaborate with others. I want to collaborate with you. So I am looking, actively looking for opportunities to do retreats, speaking engagements, whatever, women's groups. I want to like go and see you. I want to meet you. I want to chat with you. I want to answer your questions. I want to coach all that stuff. I want to do much more in-person things. So I am looking for warm introductions. I am looking to meet people. If you are somebody who would like to get in touch or you know somebody, please email me. My email address is lily, L-I-L-Y, at proverbs2426.com really want to collaborate with you, really want to be more involved. And I hope that happens. I I trust that because that is in my heart that God is going to open doors. And hey, if you happen to be one of the gatekeepers, please let uh, this is me knocking. Let me in. I want to help more women honor their God given desire for a Christ centered marriage and stay safe while doing so. So with all that being said, we're going to dive into today's episode. We're talking about personal safety. We're talking about how to really trust and understand the gift of fear within you and how you can understand the signals of predators in order to keep yourself safe. Super important. Share this with your loved ones. Let's do everything we can to make sure that we do not become victims as we search for love. Welcome to the Forever Love Podcast. I am your host and Christ-centered relationship coach, Lily Matanguiza. And today we are here to talk about Gavin DeBecker's masterclass on the gift of fear. This masterclass is available for free at giftoffear.com. 
The masterclass is based on his book by the same name, which is a number one bestseller on violence for the past 25 years. And he is simply amazing at helping women to understand that true fear is in fact a gift. And I think this is totally in alignment with what we know as Christians. We recognize that you know, we don't want to have fear ruling our lives. We don't want to be afraid of everything. We don't want to have unwarranted fear running our lives. But in the presence of real danger, fear is a gift. Fear will allow us to do seemingly impossible things. God put this system in our bodies for a reason. He has given us this gift of adrenaline and cortisol and this like intuitive sense where we don't have to rely on our logic and our brain to know what to do. He will move through us, through what he has put into our physical system to get us out of danger. The problem is that as women, especially within the context of dating, we have a tendency to want to be perceived as nice and we would never want to offend anybody and we will override our own survival system. We've been taught to do this. Society tells us not to worry about things, to ignore it. It was nothing, all these things. And, and we have internalized a lot of messages that tell us to ignore our own intuition and not trust it and to trust people and especially men, ironically. So it makes sense. Why would, why would this happen? Because there are predators and the reality is most predators that have victims that die are men. It is, it's not politically correct, but it is statistically correct. So today I am sharing with you some insights from the first of, I'm, I'm looking at the website right now. So I am over there at giftoffear.com and we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine full classes. Each of them is about 30 minutes long and he breaks it all down. The the first class is on being in the presence of danger. And I'm going to share some insights that I took away from this. I am going through the entire course myself, and I just instantly knew my community needs this information. If they're going to go out into the world, if they're going to be vulnerable with their hearts, they need to be safe in their bodies. So I just wanted to share some of his insights. I am borrowing everything. None of this is original, but I am going to share some of my own thoughts as we go. To get started, I just wanted to reconfirm to you that there's a difference between being a victim, like someone has victimized you, and that is a real trauma. There's nothing that we want to think through to kind of make that go away. Like our thoughts aren't just going to heal. We can't just use the life code or something to eliminate the reality of trauma in our lives. We want to be very honest about 
our true circumstances. And in that, we tend to ignore the reality. Like, it's so funny. I'm trying to think of the best way to say that. And it's not coming easily because there, it is these paradoxical things. Our brains are telling us all the time that our reality is very, very scary. But it is getting that information from big extreme circumstances like the news and media and what your mother said and all these things. It's got so much fear-based input and like all of that information is coming at you and it can be very easy to assume that that is your reality and it's not. That's That stuff that is happening out in the world isn't an immediate threat to you. The terrorists are not likely going to bomb your house. The shootings aren't, the statistics of them shooting one of you right now who is listening to this, minimal, right? Like these things definitely do happen. But most of the time, we are perfectly safe. But our bodies think we're in danger. We can be like in a perpetual state of stress and fear and anxiety because we think we're in danger all the time when the reality is we're not. And ironically, when we actually are in danger, like when you go into the hallway and you're waiting for the elevator and it's late at night and the doors open and there's a guy standing in there and your gut says, don't get in there. That seems scary. And we override it and we get into a locked metal box where nobody can hear us with a man who we don't know and we override all of our like instinctual fear that is a problem that's what I'm talking about with the reality of danger and like the perceived threats that aren't an immediate threat to you so with that being said we're going to talk about the difference between that intuition and true fear. So we all have these like nagging, persistent thoughts, right? Like these ideas of, oh, I just don't know. And it's important to pay attention to those. We want to like recognize that those thoughts are occurring without really um, like needing to be obedient to them. Like, oh, I'm noticing that I'm worried about this person. I'm noticing that I'm considering this issue a lot. This keeps coming up for me. Things like that. But the gift of fear is very brief. True fear is that moment when like all the hairs stand up on the back of your neck, your body gets like flooded with the adrenaline and the cortisol and everything. There's that gasp and everything is ready to go like all systems on board we are ready to fight and survive we're whatever it takes and Gavin if you watch the master class he's going to go into it much further but he talks about like in the wild animals really only have a couple of options with fight or flight but humans based on the way we're built we have many more options it's we don't just have to outrun a predator or like attack it we have other options available including like negotiation and trickery and other ways that we can survive based on our circumstances and 
our brain body physical combo was designed by God to take in a whole lot of stimuli very quickly, assess the situation and come up with solutions without ever having to stop about and worry about like, how is it going to work? It's just like, we've decided and we're doing it and it's already done. Women who are in dangerous situations and survive will often share that like they didn't even realize they had plunged their keys into the guy's eyeballs to get away until they were driving away right so the true fear isn't something that we have to think about too too much we just have to be willing to pay attention to the signals that are coming and not ignore them. So I want to talk about a few of the signals. So just one more time to differentiate. Unwarranted fear is like persistent. It just is lingering. It's always kind of there and it's not good for you. That's where we get that chronic stress, burnout, all that stuff. It's it's not a healthy thing to have in your body all the time, which is why I always talk about like, let's let's learn how to overcome fear of loneliness, fear of rejection, fear of all these things that really impede our lives. But when it comes to true fear, and I wish we had two completely different words, it, it bothers me when things that are so important for survival have such mixed meanings. So <laughs> it, it's a pet peeve of mine because um, I... It, it reminds me of the issue I have with my daughter and diabetes. She has type 1 diabetes. Most people are familiar with type 2 diabetes. And in my mind, they are so completely different. I wish it was, it, it's almost like describing, you know, a, a, a a cut on your finger as a type two amputation and a severed arm as a type one amputation. Like, they're significantly different. Yeah, yes, there's a cut involved, but um, it's a it's a little bit different. And so it's the same with true fear. It's just very very different from what we usually talk about. And maybe a better word would just be like that terror. Like when you are in terror, and it's all systems go. So true fear that terror occurs when there is something in your immediate environment that you need to be aware of and stay safe from, an immediate threat. True fear is always produced by an immediate threat. And your body is super good at picking up on the signals because there are always signals. We cannot help but signal to other people. Predators cannot help signal to others that they are there and that they are dangerous. That is just part of the way things work. We are constantly signaling to those around us that we are either a threat or we are not or we are wanting something like there's just signals. And so it's very important to be aware of the signals. And when it comes to signals of threats, we want to be very willing to pay attention because what we do is we'll, we'll pick up the signal. You know, you'll get that feeling. You know somebody's watching you. You know there's something off. You can't quite pick your finger on it. You don't know exactly what it is, but you know, okay? What we tend to do is override it. We're like, 
I'm just imagining things. There's nothing to worry about. It was probably nothing. Never try to rationalize your way out of true fear. What we want to do is use that as a cue to pay attention. Now, ironically, like I do this and like I sorry, I have a tendency to rationalize my way out of fear because I'm like I'm overreacting. It's not a big deal. I'm just whatever. I'm sensitive. My husband never does that. If he hears a noise in the night, he jumps out of bed and looks for a weapon. And I'll be like sitting in bed being like, I wonder what it is. And I'll want to go peek out the window. He's like, don't peek out the window. You just heard a scary sound. Like mine is I, I, I tend to move towards like curiosity and investigation, which is not safety smart because I like want to figure it out. Right. And I don't want to believe that there are bad people in the world who want to kill me. But my husband doesn't play that game at all. He's just like, there is a threat out there. And I am here to protect. So he's immediately looking around the room. He's grabbing something that he can pick up and use as a weapon. And he is like ready to fight every time. And I just, I'm I'm recognizing that that's a pretty good strategy. Like I used to think he was overreacting, but now I'm, I'm learning these things. I am learning with you, my friends. I am learning these things and I am choosing to pay attention. I'm like, okay, fine. That's right. We are going. And the funny thing is I respond very differently when he is home and when he's not, right? So if he's home and he's got the big scary bat and whatnot, then I tend to investigate more. But if he's not home, you better believe I'm looking for a weapon too, right? I'm looking around and seeing like, can I, do I have keys? Do I have a bottle? Do I have something that I could throw or or use to protect myself in the event of attack? Okay, so we just want to pay attention and choose, really, really pay attention and choose to be aware and obedient to those instincts like your instincts are there for a reason don't this is not the time to worry about being cute if you're scared do everything that your instincts tell you because your instincts will tell you to do like I'm saying that because there isn't always a strategy right like we can have all these different self-defense mechanisms but your best self-defense is like very internal and very cued into what you need at any given moment so what I might try to suggest to you might not work in your situation but your brain doesn't need that at that point you're body your intuition knows what to do it's already assessed your escape routes it's already done like a ton of information gathering and just trust yourself and get out of there or do what your instincts are saying to do next we're going to talk about predator strategies there are strategies that men will use and they are predictable Humans are very predictable. So when we learn how to spot the strategies that they're using, we'll be better prepared to defend ourselves and stay safe. So the first, and this is really important for all you who are out there in the dating world, the first is charm. A predator will appear charming. And this can be really challenging when you're pursuing love and relationships because 
when somebody is being charming, it's for one of two reasons. When a man is being charming towards a woman, at least, it's for one of two reasons or nice, right? Like charming is something he is doing to you on purpose. There's, it's very intentional. People aren't just naturally charming. It is something that they are doing. So being aware of that. And they do it for one of two reasons. Either it's because they like you or because they want to harm you. And so how do you how do you differentiate? How do you know if he just likes you and is charming you because he's very interested in dating and pursuing a relationship or because he is threatening you? Now, the context is super important. We just want to be aware. Like, what is the context? Am I alone? Because a guy who genuinely wants to be in a relationship with you also wants you to feel safe, including from him. A guy who wants to protect will protect you or at least help you help keep you comfortable even from himself. He will not put you in a situation where you have to be afraid because you're alone with a guy and all these things. They're going to create safe spaces in which to be charming, where you get to enjoy being charmed rather than being like, I don't know, this feels off. If it ever feels off, leave. Like get out of that situation as quickly as you can with all wisdom that you got and gathered, like always just being aware of the circumstance. Why would this person be charming right now? Am I in a parking lot? Am I at the mall? Is this an appropriate place for someone to be charming? Did I invite and allow this charming person to be in my space right now? Or did they intrude upon my space and attempt to make it okay by being charming. Do you see what I'm saying? So really gathering that information and just questioning like, and and here's the thing, we want to be suspicious. Suspicion is often very, very useful. Women are discouraged from being suspicious as if it's something bad, but suspicion means to keep watching, like pay attention. There's more information here for you to gather. Keep watch. See what is happening here and, and go into those, those details very critically. Like, is there a possibility of an alternative motive? The second strategy is loan sharking. This is when somebody does something for you that you didn't ask them to do so that they can kind of make you feel like you're indebted to them in some way. They have been generous. They have been kind. They have done some act. Maybe they've opened a door for you or they've, I don't know, carried your groceries. They've done something to try to gain your trust, but it's been imposed upon you rather than requested from you. So paying attention to that, it's, it's very similar to what many people would refer to as love bombing. They're just like giving you all of these things or acts of service that you didn't ask for. And why would they do that? One, to gain your trust and two, to make it more difficult for you to reject them because they're just being so nice after all. The third strategy that a predator will use is typecasting. 
trying to stereotype you in a negative way so that in order for you to reject that label, you have to accept their offer. So, oh, you must be such a snob. You never accept help from men. You're one of those independent women, are you? Don't need a man, blah, blah, blah. So that you feel like, you have to let them hold the door or get your chair or take your coat or whatever. Like these are like we associate that with chivalry and in the right context, it is. But if it is not asked for, if it is unsolicited, if it is being done to you rather than as part of something you are together creating as a couple, like the context of it is everything. So just pay attention. If somebody is trying to make you feel like you have to let them do something otherwise you're a bitch you're a prude you're all whatever and and it's helpful for you to know what's the worst thing somebody could say about me like for me the worst thing you could say about me is that I'm useless that I'm I'm just useless. Like, oh, that just like destroys me. So if somebody wanted to make me do something, it would be very motivating um, from that place of like, oh, I have to do it because otherwise they'll think I'm useless. You know what I'm saying? So be aware of your own places where you feel like it just it gets to you when people would think that of you because that can be used against you. I'm saying it because you want to be aware of your weaknesses so that they're not as easy to manipulate. The next strategy is forced teaming, where the predator tries to imply that you and him are now a team like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna solve this problem for you and they're really taking control of a situation and implying that now we're a team and we're working on it together and again this can be hard because generally men have a tendency to do this so the context of it is really really important why why is he trying to partner with me? Why in this circumstance? And should I feel comfortable with this? Really paying attention. Like, no, I'm alone. I am I am out of my environment. He has the upper hand. He's big. Pay attention to the circumstances that you are in so you can properly assess the situation. Again, a good man is also aware of the fact that other men are predators and he will if he starts to accidentally show any of these signs and he is called on it he is going to immediately back off because he does not want to be perceived as a predator he is not if he's not actually a threat he is going to be very respectful of your boundaries and he would never think that you're being bitchy or you're being too crazy or blah 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 like he just wouldn't gaslight you but a predator will okay so if somebody is doing that just be willing to notice it and it can be hard because sometimes this can be coming from somebody you do know somebody you have a relationship with somebody who has done these things to you in the past and is trying to do them again who you have a history of being a victim with and it's never too late to break out of that. I just need to say that to you. It is never, ever too late. If you are seeing these patterns, you're like, oh, he does that all the time. And oh, yeah, it is scary. 
and it's not safe and it's not good for me, it is never too late. It is never, ever too late. Um, within the website that I've talked about, thegiftoffear.com, there is another assessment tool there available to you where you can assess uh, your situation and the level of danger because the reality is men kill women that they claim to love within relationships, within marriage. It's not just the dating stage that is dangerous. It is life with men in relationships can be very dangerous and is deadly for many women. And I don't want that to happen to you. So please take these things seriously. Please learn your own strengths and weaknesses. Your gift of fear is a strength. Use it and be aware of areas in your life which are easy to manipulate and do your best to strengthen them in any way that you can because your life could depend on it. The next one that we're going to talk about, these are all red flags, ladies. We've talked a little bit about the difference between red flags and yellow flags. Yellow flags are like, I'm not sure. He says that he wants to have a relationship with God, but he never got baptized. So I'm not sure if his relationship with God is really genuine. That, my friend, is a yellow flag. Okay, when we talk about red flags, we're talking about things that are putting your life in danger. Right? So just always be aware of the difference between yellow flags with our caution proceed slowly this this might be okay for you this might not but it's not a life or death thing right red flags are you are in immediate danger get out right now do not ignore red flags yellow flags are be aware of them proceed with caution don't rush anything like something to be noted. Red flags, there's no, (laughs) don't need to consider it. Don't overthink it. Just make sure you're safe. Okay. So the next one is that they are sharing too many details. So when somebody is lying, they, you usually won't know that their lie is a lie. You'll just kind of like, you don't, you have no reason. You don't have any other information. So we can generally assume like, they're probably telling us the truth. But the person who is doing the lying knows that they're lying. And so they try to make their story sound more convincing by adding more and more details that you never asked for. So if somebody is sharing something with you, they're trying to convince you of something that they've they're claiming to have done or that they're doing, whatever, they're going to keep piling on the evidence that the, the the truth, their, their story, right, to try and make it more convincing because they're not just trying to convince you. They're also like playing it up in their mind. They're creating the story often as they go. So they're sharing all these details with you that you didn't ask for. So just pay attention to what is he telling me? Why is he telling me these things? What might be motivating him to share these details with me? If they are excessive, be aware of that. And it's probably a good indicator that that person is lying to you in order to try and gain your trust. The next one is unsolicited promises. When he is promising to do something you didn't ask him to do and you don't need him to promise, it's because he's trying to convince you that he's definitely going to do it. Like, "Uh oh, I'm not going to hurt you. I promise. We can stop if you want to. I promise. Like, those promises, those that 
if they just saying it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. So if you hear anything like that, know immediately this person that promise when you hear the words I promise, it's because he knows that you have good reason to doubt him. Right. So he's trying to give you this promise as a, an extra guarantee to <laughs> help sell this whole lie that he's he's created for you. So if you hear the words, I promise, I want you to think, hmm, that means there's a good reason why I should doubt you. OK, anybody who's promising you anything, red flag, I should probably doubt you now. And finally, the refusal to accept no. No, my friends, is a complete sentence. I know you've heard this before, but your no is so important. And the way people respond to you when you say no will tell you everything you need to know about them. Somebody who respects you, has a healthy relationship with you, if you say no, they're going to drop it for the most part. I mean, like, I'm... I'm saying these things and it's easy to always find some example of when that isn't true. Like, oh, but what if it's this? What if it's that? I need you to hear the simplicity of what I'm saying. Somebody who respects you when they when they offer to help you and you say no, they're going to let it go. They're going to drop it. They'll be like, OK, fine. You do it. No problem. Somebody who will not accept no for an answer is dangerous. Somebody who overrides your no, somebody who like brushes it aside. If they will not accept no as an answer, you are in a dangerous situation. That person is trying to control you. Don't ever let anyone talk you out of your no, because when they do that, they are trying to control you. And it means that they are in charge. If you watch the masterclass, again, highly recommend it. If you watch it, you will hear Gavin say that when a man says no, it is the end of a discussion. But when a woman says no, it's the beginning of a negotiation. Dangerous predatorial men will try to break you down and wear you out of your no. And this is when you need to get so much more amplified in your no if they don't accept it at this level of like no no thank you no we don't get quiet we get loud we get big with that no and we get very 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 firm and it is no back up and that is scary to say right like it's scary we don't talk like that to people but this is your life we're talking about, right? And if you are in danger, no means no. And you keep getting louder and more amplified with it, okay? Do not be cute about this. It is not the time nor the place. No means no. And you make it as big and loud as necessary. And you never back down from it. Look, I know that as women, we have been taught that the worst thing you could do in this world is offend somebody. but. If offending someone saves your life, you better go ahead and offend them all day long because it is okay. It is okay to look crazy, to act weird, to be obnoxious, to even let some people think you're a bitch. 
I love the way he had an acronym for it and it the acronym for bitch and I know this is a nice Christian podcast and we don't use these words but I love this acronym so I'm sharing it with you it means boys I'm taking control here right and and men don't like this men do not like it when especially if they are a predator they do not want to be shown up they do not want to be challenged um I mean I mean, there's a reason lions hunt gazelles. They're not looking to get hurt in their pursuit of their prey. They want to victimize people who are easier to victimize, right? So the more you can make yourself extremely unappealing to a predator, the better. And sometimes that means embracing the fact that certain people, predators, in particular, are going to think you're a bitch. That's okay. That's really, really okay. It keeps you alive. And we need you alive. We do. We need you. You have gifts. You have talents. You have so much that the world needs, that your family needs, that the people around you need. It's okay to be a bitch to preserve that. Okay? So this is just, this is just a message that I want everybody to hear. I want everybody to go and check out this masterclass and sincerely believe that it will save your life in a dangerous situation. So share it, get it out there into the world. It's already being shared by so many people and I'm so glad this is available and it's free. Again, go to www.giftoffear.com watch the entire masterclass series. You are going to learn so much. He talks explicitly about staying safe within the context of romantic relationships. Um, And he talks about protecting teenagers, protecting your children, all of the things. It is worth all of your time to go and learn this stuff and stay safe out there because I want you to have an incredible journey towards your God-given desire for a Christ-centered marriage. But the reality is there are wolves in sheep clothing and it's dangerous out there. And I want you to stay safe. I do not want you to pursue your goals at your own expense. This is supposed to be something that you get to enjoy and you can enjoy it when you mitigate the risks. Okay. The reality is that most encounters in your life are very safe. We can safely go to the grocery store. We can safely go on a date. We can safely do most things. Most of the time, we are not in the presence of immediate danger. And that is why we do not want to live our lives in fear. But when there is imminent danger, we need to let that fear run rampant and use it as the gift that it is so that you can survive. Okay? Super important. I know this is hard. I know that many of you have already been victims in various ways. I know you've you've experienced trauma and it's hard and I hope that this helps. I hope that it helps you or somebody you know for the future. We can never go back and change the past. But we can do everything in our power to create a future that is better, that is safer, that is healthier, kinder, and more loving. You have every right to pursue your God-given desire for love and for marriage. But we have to be smart along the way. 
not in just a logical sense, but in a very intuitive sense. We have to trust the gifts that God has given us, and the gift of fear is one of them. So once more, check out Gavin DeBecker. I am putting the link to the masterclass in the show notes. Wherever you're watching this or listening to this episode, you can check out the show notes. There will be a link there, but head over to www.giftoffear.com. You can get the book, but the masterclass um, has like, again, several videos that just break it all down in so much detail, so much more insight than I could possibly share here today. But I hope this gets you started and is a doorway for more information that will help you and others to pursue this God-given desire with as much grace, wisdom, and courage as you could possibly need. Okay? It has been so good to chat with you today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being courageous and strong. We need more women like you who will accept the challenges, say yes to all of it, and be smart along the way. So until next week, thank you so much and God bless you. 